listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Happy New Year and welcome to the 2024 edition of the Rainmaking Podcast. I was thinking about writing up a list of all the top podcasts for 2023, and I started scrolling through them. And I think that the ones I would recommend the most are all of them. (laughs) There was not a single one that I felt was going to be a waste of your time. And that's why I'd recommend it. When you've got some time, scroll through the past episodes and take a listen to those. Turn your car into what I've called a university on wheels. Turn your commute time into learning time. Turn your workout time, your chores time into learning how to get more business from your clients by listening to other episodes of the Rainmaking Podcast. Now, we've got a special guest on our show today. Rachel D'Alto is a professional speaker, the author of the book, Relatable, and she's going to talk on relatability and how this can help you get more business. This was an interesting conversation that I had with Rachel, and I learned a lot from it, and I know that you will also. So take a listen to it. Make sure that you check out all the links on the show notes, wherever you listen to this podcast. Connect with Rachel directly on LinkedIn. I also put her speaker site on there, as well as a link to her book, which I'd highly recommend that you order, called Relatable. Now, This podcast, just like all podcasts, is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, legal intelligence suite of products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Now, if you're in the recruiting industry, one final announcement is that I'm doing a day and a half recruiting masterclass in Las Vegas, Nevada on February 15th and 16th. Go to the link on the show notes, or you can go to this link, recruitingasagame.com, and get all the information there. It's limited to 30 attendees. I've already had people register. So if this is something that you want to do, take action on that. Sign up for that, and I'll see you in Vegas. I hope you get some great ideas from my conversation with Rachel D'Alto. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our special guest today is Rachel D'Alto, and our topic that we're discussing is relatable, how to connect with anyone, anywhere, even if it scares you. Rachel, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is great. I have a lot of admiration for you with what you do, speaking so much in the business world. And tell me about this with the book topic of relatable. What was it that led you to actually write that book. I want to talk about that and then get into some of the ideas in your book. Sure. So it, it actually, the genesis is back when I was on a, a little show. I don't know if any of your, your listeners watch any sort of reality television, but I did have a stint in reality TV. I've been doing TV for some time. And nice, nice. God has to be an expert on Married at First Sight, uh, which is a show that's still airing on Lifetime today. I started when it was on A&E and I left the show after two seasons and I kept getting this message repeatedly with the same basic word. It kept saying, why did you leave? You were such a relatable expert. And mm. so it just made me question, what does that mean? What, why are they feeling so connected to me through pixels and miles? And, and how am I connecting with this audience that I've never met? And so I started to do some research into what is relatability and why is that the word that they're holding on to and continually repeating you know, thousands of times, quite frankly. And so I did a lot of research into relatable and That's how how we really connect with each other. Wow. Wow. So tell me this then, let me ask you this. Why, why do you think that's important in a business setting? And then I kind of want to drill down into, into how we can, we can build that in our business. Sure. And, and that's really what I realized is that 
relatability is how we build business. It is how we connect with people. It's how we build, you know, those customer bases that are consistently loyal. It's how we build a relationship that even in spite of stressors or challenges or, or, you know, roadblocks along the way, which we all go through, right? There's not a single business out there that has a smooth start to finish in terms of, of a pipeline, but where, how do you get people to stay? And okay. whether that's staying as an employee or staying yeah, as a yeah. client, it's really through that art of relatability and, and connection. That's interesting. So when people said this to you, why do you think they related to you when you were on television on a reality TV show? Sure. And that's really what I started to study. And, and so I've been researching that for the last uh, almost 10 years now is is not just myself, because can't look at sample sizes of one, but who are the people that other people feel are relatable and what qualities do they have? And it really came down, you know, there was a couple different areas and I call it kind of my blueprint of relatability, which is connect, communicate, inspire. And it starts with connection, which is I show up as myself. You know, if we're, if we're just focusing on connect, it's how can you show up in a way that's real? And, you know, I think authenticity, which is the buzzword of 2023, I think uh, Miriam Webster just called it the word of the year. Right. I think some people are so sick of it. And yet it really is. How can you be more authentic? How can you show up in a way that doesn't make people think, wow, they're pretending to be someone else or they're trying too hard? You know, this is, this is really interesting because in the business world, it's all about the bottom line, but in professional services, especially somebody that's in a rainmaking capacity, it's more than the bottom line. You got to get the business, but it's like, there's this arc of a relationship. And I think, and I've never even considered this before until just in the last two minutes. So thank you for this. It's just, wow, maybe that's the spark that changes someone from, I'm not interested. They shut you down to, I'm open to hearing your idea. What do you think about that? Yes, I think absolutely. It's it's when we get real. It's when we're a human being to human being versus trying to sell something to somebody who may or may not be open to that, whether it's a widget or services. Yeah. But if if we're actually starting to connect as humans, then we start to figure out how we can work together. When you make a connection in terms of a real relationship, you make some sort of human connection to someone. All of a sudden, we're mm-hmm. like, how can I work with this person? How can I spend more time with them? Because I actually like them as a human being. And so I think a lot of times, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before, they just want to get to the ROI, right? I just want, yeah. I just want to, I want to make the sale. I want to build the business, but I feel like that's so short-sighted because when you actually invest into long-term relationships with the people who can create that ROI for you, then right. all of a sudden that bottom line is, is a lot more padded than it was when you're just looking for that sale. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the big difference I'd seen pre-COVID and post-COVID, and I want to talk to you about this and see what you think. When I started interviewing people on this podcast three years ago, I think the common theme was curiosity. Just be curious Mm. about other people. Don't have a goal to sell them something. Just be curious. And that kind of starts the conversation. What, What do you think about that, Rachel? So curious listening is actually a huge pillar within Communicate, which is that second aspect of relatable connections. Okay. Um, and so I tell people, you know, active listening is great, but curious listening allows you to have that investment in what they're saying. You know, I think we can actively listen. We can be a participant in a conversation, uh-huh. but if we can up-level that to that curiosity, I actually care about what this person is saying. I'm actually finding something somewhere that, that I can find some sort of glimmer of interest in then all of a sudden you're you're elevating that conversation. And that's what relatability does. It elevates every conversation that you have with someone. 
Okay, good, good. So let me let me kind of go over the different, what did you call them? The building blocks that connect, communicate, and inspire. Is that right? Sure. Yes. Okay. So connect, how we show up in a way that's real. So let's yep. kind of start with that one. And I want to kind of go into that a little bit more. Let's say we have somebody that's listening to this that is going to be going to a conference where there are prospects. Let's say it's an attorney that's off to go meet people that are in in-house counsel or chief counsel or executives at an IP conference or something like that. How would you recommend somebody kind of start that connection with a complete stranger in that kind of a business environment? So I think it starts with the intention that you show up in that conference. I think okay, what, that and what do you mean? Before, what do you mean by that? Yeah, before okay. you even get there, this is prep. <laughs> right, right. This is, okay, good. I'm a big fan of in, intentionality in our presence, intentionality in our personality. So really thinking before you go there, how do I want to show up? And so think about what is the best version of yourself? Because when we, when we think about connection, we think about authenticity, we still want to be ourselves. We want to show up as us because you and I both know when you meet somebody and they're pretending to be someone else, you smell it, you feel yeah, it, you smell right. it, 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 yeah. it eradicates any sort of potential relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, if I set that intention, I'm going in as my best self, I'm going in as my most confident self, my most authentic self, because I want to show up in a way that draws people in versus shuts them out because I'm pretending. And so I would say if someone's going into one of those conferences, you know, set that intention. I'm going to be me and I'm going to be the best version of me. And I'm going to be the most confident version of me. And I'm going to walk into those rooms, seeking out conversations with people that I can feel like I can get invested in. Yeah. Right. So then once they start talking, it's all on them. Yeah. (laughs) Right. right. You don't even have to worry anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, would you call yourself an introvert or an extrovert? What do you think? I call myself an ambivert. <laughs> okay. And what, what does that mean? So it's it's a delineation between the two of them where it's still very much, I can be extroverted, very much so. But I also need that time to recoup afterwards, which I actually think most people fall into. I think it's very rare to see a pure extrovert who constantly is just really jazzed up and right. excited by constant uh, interaction. I yeah. think we all get tired, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Try to take a minute, but I'm definitely not an introvert. <laughs> and it's interesting, and I appreciate you sharing that. And I've interviewed people on here that talk about how introverts can actually be more effective in a business sure. development role because they're good listeners, yes. and it doesn't have to be all about them. And I found just in my own life, I kind of I get the asking people the question I've heard it asked of me before: Where do you get your energy? Being in a group of people or being alone? And for me, it's kind of yes, both. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I'll go to a conference and I can turn it on when I have a goal, but then I want to come home and hang out with my wife and my little girl. My wife is a potter. My little girl likes to do Lego dioramas and I'm an artist. I'll paint with watercolors or oils and we'll kind of hang out together and I get that renewal that way. So this is good. This gives me hope for those who are listening that are introverts that may be going to that conference, you know, and and I know how it is. You walk into a room of complete strangers and here's the cold shrimp, you know, and here's the, you know, you got to stand in line and talk to people and get to know them. And, oh gosh, I mean, that's just absolutely awful for a lot of us. And I'm thinking about that. It's just not so comfortable. So I appreciate the ideas that you gave, just be the best version of ourselves and show up and be authentic. And let me, let me ask you this. I've seen this trend and you've probably seen it also where people do talk about authenticity, especially on Mm -hmm. social media, even dare I say it, vulnerability. What do you think about that? Do you think that's good or bad or what? 
I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big okay. fan. And it's also, it's dependent on the situation. So I do believe that a lot of people start to listen to things and, or even sentiments around vulnerability and think, oh my gosh, like what am I, I'm supposed to share all my deep, dark secrets right, with my right, colleagues right, or right. my teams. And that's not the case. It's, you know, we all have different layers of our stories, right? And we all have different layers of ourselves. And I think it's important to allow people to see the different sides of you based on the relationship. And so okay. it's all contingent upon the level of relationship that you have. Yeah, right, right, right. But I do think vulnerability is really important in terms of just being honest with one another. And it's a study I'm I'm working on right now is really showing how important it is for leaders to be honest and vulnerable, especially about their mistakes. Right. Because for me and and having been a former attorney, that just wasn't the case. You know, when yeah. I when I was coming up in the legal world, it was no, you don't make mistakes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's just not human. And so if you're if you're where you're not seeing any sort of vulnerability from your leadership, or you're not being vulnerable as a leader, you're setting these standards that are just insurmountable. And so all of a sudden you're creating a lot of disconnect and you're not relatable. So let me, let me ask you this. Should we talk about mistakes that we've made with clients or should it go to the personal level where, gee, all my girlfriends keep dumping me. I don't know what the (laughs) issue is, but yes, connect with me on LinkedIn. (laughs) So so yes and no, and maybe. (laughs) So I think it's all, it's all context. And I think it's important when, you know, you're always thinking about the relationship and you're thinking about what is in a lot of different contexts. I always think about what is the we Mm-hmm. Meaning what is the relationship goal of this, whatever this connection is. And so if I'm talking to a client, you're asking about, do I share mistakes? Well, what is the goal of sharing that mistake? And so being vulnerable and sharing like, you know, this was an experience that I have with a past client, but this is how we got to the other side of it, it. because there's a lot of yeah. lessons in our vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. That's I good. don't think LinkedIn's the place to talk about your breakups. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's great. All context. Yeah. Good. I, I appreciate you elaborating and clarifying that I think I feel safe when I hear you talk that way, that I could talk about mistakes or things I've learned or things like that. Because one of the things I've seen, especially when I recruit partners, successful partners that are rainmakers, this is one thing I've always seen is that they have real relationships with their clients. And I, I don't know, I mean, I've never had the depth of, well, how are you vulnerable with your clients? I've never asked them that. I have seen that the correct persona in business development to your clients, the client facing persona is, I do have all the answers. I think sometimes that persona permeates other areas of their business life where they don't have enough self-awareness. They don't have enough of being able to admit, I did make a mistake here. I want to improve that. Uh, So I think a lot of it has to do with that inner confidence that people have. Let me ask you this. When you talk about the other, did you call it a pillar with connect, communicate, and inspire? Is that how you call them? Yes. Pillars, blueprint. I have a variety of, of descriptors. Good. Well, 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 tell me more about this. You talked about curious listening. What are some other things that we need to know in terms of how we communicate that can help us to be more relatable with people? Sure. And I think one of the biggest ones that I talk often about because it's a challenge for people is our adaptability. And I, mm. if you ask someone, are you adaptable? Their, their immediate reaction is, of course, of course, I'm, I'm always willing to adapt and compromise. And then when you get to the truth of the matter, and I'm sure you've seen this in, in challenging situations in the industries that you serve, it's not the case. And people have their own agenda and they have their own perspectives. And instead of pausing, and you used 
one of my most favorite terms in the world, which is self-awareness, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that is absolutely the key towards really being a successful human being, mm-hmm. and especially business owner, or business person, is being self-aware enough to be adaptable, being self-aware enough to say, this isn't the right time. This isn't the right attitude. I don't have the right emotional state right now. I don't have the right perspective to enter into this conversation or to receive this conversation. And so that's where I see a lot of challenges come up, but it's, it's where we have so much power of saying, maybe it's just not now. You know, or maybe I need to shift or, or I need to give them a minute and be adaptable enough to have better conversations. Let me ask you this. Let's say you're coaching someone and you can see that their self-awareness is an issue and that's keeping Mm -hmm. them from being adaptable. It's keeping them from being able to communicate. They can't connect and they're definitely not going to be able to inspire other people. How would you advise them on how they can grow in self-awareness? What advice would you give that person? So it's all about slowing down. To be Mm. self-aware, you have to be patient enough to be more reflective of everything that's happening in your life. So I'm a big fan of journals. I think those (laughs) anywhere you go now, you can buy something to write in and it doesn't have to necessarily be a beautiful journal that's, you know, leather bound, but it could just be tracking in your notes app of like, these are the interactions that I'm having. This is, you know, these are the emotions that I felt in those moments. This is how I responded. This is how I perhaps could respond differently. This is how they, how I, how can I feel empathetic towards them? So really having some sort of system where you're actually paying attention to the actions in our lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, what, what happens is, is that people don't realize how, how on autopilot we all are, how quickly we just press up and we just go through our days and we have no awareness of, you know, what my emotions are, what their emotions are, how I'm reacting, what I'm saying, and then give people that time. And, and it really is slowing down, which I know is probably hard yeah. for some people to hear like, wait, I have, I have things to do. I, I got a pace to keep up with. Wow. And that is doing you a disservice. That's very insightful. I like that. And let me, uh, there's three things in there. I heard you say, I want to emphasize, you talked about journaling, which I always agree. And I'll even coach when I'm working with candidates going to a different firm, I'll say, get a journal because you need to write down your thoughts. It's more than pros and cons. And you need to understand that you will make an emotional decision when you join another firm. There's nothing wrong with that. You want it to be a safe decision, but just by journaling, just with that, just with that one transition in their lives. But I also think you're absolutely right, at least weekly, right in your journal. What were your wins? What were your victories? What were your disappointments? How, what did you learn? Then the other thing that you talk about was slowing down. How, how do you think we can do that? How do you think we can slow down a little bit more in our professional lives? It's really taking those, and I'm going to use the word again, intention. It's it's taking intentional beats. You know, okay. there's always, there's beats in a song and there's fast songs and there's slow songs. And it's really taking intentional beats. And maybe it's, you know, the, I've never been able to have a morning practice. I have four children and <laughs> I've been, you know, working for myself for the last 10 years. So I don't have that. Um, one day, I think I could have one. But if you do have the ability to have a morning practice where you force yourself 15 minutes in the morning to write in that journal, 15 minutes to, to just take a walk, I, I believe in in moving meditations and, and really yeah. allowing yourself to just get quiet. And so really taking those intentional beats. Maybe it's during lunch. Maybe it's ignoring everybody, turning off all of your you know electronics, like getting your phone out of your way, your computer screen closed, and just eating your lunch in peace and just thinking about, how did I feel today? How have my interactions been? And and really, it's in those moments. I don't I don't think you realize how much you're missing until you do take that intentional beat to just yeah. pay attention to it. 
That's great. And that kind of hit on the third thing I heard you say, you talked about get a journal, slow down, and then also naming the emotions. Yes. Um, and I, th I think that's interesting. I think when, and this is so interesting, one of my best clients was probably one of the most emotionally aware people I've worked with. And, and I saw him in action, leading his teams, getting partners to execute. And when you're leading people like that, you are kind of hurting cats, but they do respond to people that have this deep level of, of empathy and understanding that can articulate what the goal is that really kind of loops in and harnesses everybody's own self-motivation into mm -hmm. aligning it with the team's goal. But I thought what you said about identifying the emotion, how do you think you would advise the professionals to really identify emotions as they go through their day? What do you think? Or when they're having that quiet moment? Yeah, I think it's it's really paying attention to the cycle of our emotions. And it's it's funny because this was not a conversation that was being had 10, 15 years ago. You know, yeah, it right. was like, oh, we don't we don't have emotions. We're professionals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out we're all human beings having a professional experience. Yeah. So it's really paying attention to, you know, thinking out throughout the day. Like when when did I feel like I was in control of my emotions? When did I feel sad? When did I feel hurt? When did I feel angry or frustrated? And and really allowing yourself to to experience that full array. And then see where your the way that you you can interact with them can shift those. And so you had mentioned like the person who was very much in control of their emotions. Some things are outside of our control, but so many of our emotions are they're created by environments and conditions that we do have some control over. Yeah. And so allowing people to see patterns is a huge thing for me too. And, and especially in situations where maybe there's someone who really kind of sparks your emotions. I'm sure we all have those people in our lives where you're like, wow, I was having a really good day until I talked to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I went down a spiral. So understanding like there are I, I don't, I always use Bob, poor Bob. Uh, he's always like my example name, but poor Bob. But we all have those people that like, that stir us the wrong way. And so we right. want to make sure that, you know, we're very aware of that because the more awareness you have, the more you can control it. This is great, Rachel. You've given us some really good ideas. Let me, let me kind of ask you this. If we kind of bring things to a close here, if we could give, if you could give three action steps that people can take to really improve how we can be relatable with others, what would those three action steps be? I think the first one is to start to take an inventory of your personality, of how you're showing up and, and think about yourself in, in different situations. One, with people you don't know, and two, with people you do know. Oh, wow. Is there a disconnect? And start to pay attention to what that is and then try to figure out that why. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's, wow. that's probably that's really three steps in, in one. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, we could, we could have a whole hour conversation just on that. That's good. So that's, so that's number one. Anything else on that? Or do you want to go to number two? I think I would go to number two because that's going to keep them busy for a while. So we're okay. going to let that, let that simmer <laughs> over there. And then number two we got is, is really that, that slowdown. I think it's so essential if people want, because self-awareness, people are hiring for self-awareness now. Yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. a, key personality traits. So Interesting. if you, Interesting. if you know that you don't have it, it's like, how can you start to really slow down and take that beat to start to right. be just very aware of what's going on around you? Yeah, interesting. And, and what's interesting, I mean, one thought I had, I went to the Naval Academy in the 1980s. Things were pretty different back then in terms of how you lead organizations. And I actually just had a Zoom call with some of my classmates, uh, my company mates, two of which are admirals still on active duty, and seeing how self-aware these real leaders are. They kind of mm -hmm. grew into that, but I like the fact that we're talking about this right now. So uh, yes. so what's number three? What would be our third action step? So the third one is, is going to be a little bit more homework. It's really finding out 
what does light you up? And that's really where the inspire part comes from. It's, it's figuring out what gives you that sparkle. What, what is, and it could be something for the day. It could be something for the week. It could be something for your life. And, you know, a lot of people talk about it in terms of their purpose, but I talk about it in, in terms of our, then what you get the success, you get the the position you're looking for. You, you become part of the firm of your dreams or you, you get that level, but then what? Because there's always something that's that driving force that really needs to be Mm. identified. And so for me, I'm like, you figure that out. Everything else kind of falls into place. That's great, Rachel. That's really good advice. Uh, Thank you for being on the show today. Before we go, tell us about your offerings. And I'm going to put a link for your book on the show notes. Everybody listening, make sure you go there and check it out. What would be the things that you'd like for our listeners to know about you and the things that you can do to help them? Yeah. Um, well, I'm Rachel D'Alto everywhere. I'm, I'm a speaker. I'm a consultant. I think the one thing that could be really helpful is I have a framework. It's called the Me, You, We Approach to Conflict. And so I have a download. If you go to Rachel D'Alto backslash me, you, me, dash you, dash we, there's a PDF file that, that might be very helpful in just assessing conflict and figuring out how we can grow through that together. That's great. Because that's one thing we can always guarantee on that there will be conflict among teams. And that's great. That's a really good resource. I'm excited to check that out also. I'd love to have you back on in the future as a guest talking again about other ideas. And thank you so much for a really insightful conversation today, Rachel. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.